0: Yo, yo 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 what's good everybody what's good what's happening welcome back welcome back welcome back you know who it is you know what it is i'm your humble and highly favorite host isaiah kit of the isaiah kit podcast welcome back welcome back i'm ready to do de- i'm ready i'm really ready to deliver you guys a, a smash right <laughs> like i think all of these are smashes but i'm really i'm ready today i'm really ready today i'm ready um you know, first episode of August, I'm feeling good, feel really good. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are feeling healthy, feeling right, feeling good about yourself. But like I said, August, the summer's kind of, uh, you know, kind of winding down a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, depending on where you live, you you know, you're still getting pretty decent weather. You know, <laughs> that's always a, a a good note. That's always a good sign. Good weather. I know a lot of people love the weather. Um, but school year is approaching for a lot of you guys. Um, whether you're in elementary or college, like myself, uh, I move into my dorm a couple weeks from now. Yeah, I'm moving. I move into my dorm like a couple more weeks. Uh, but I, I, I know for certain for certain school districts and states, school has already started. So i apologize to those who have already started school <laughs> my bad but let's get into the sports world it's a lot to talk about It's a lot to get into um a lot to get into the indianapolis colts the, the nba free agency nba free agency is always always seems to get a stranglehold on a lot of these sports topics you know when 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 free when nba free agency happens when it occurs it, it happens and we talk about it. It's a it's a really big talking point. It's really fascinating. It's always a fascinating time in the NBA when a lot of these transactions and deals are getting done. It's always a fun time. Um, so definitely going to touch on that. But shouts out to all the first time listeners. Shouts out to all the regular listeners. I appreciate you all that's listening. Shouts out to, you know, any of you guys that have been sharing this podcast and, you know, putting other people on, you know, don't mind it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, We're growing this thing. (laughs) But but first and foremost, let's start with the indianapolis Colts, i want to yeah I, I think i want to start with the indianapolis Colts. then i get into free agency i know free agency is big but indianapolis Colts, uh interesting dynamic that they have going on right now with some you know with some key injuries so let's start there so about the indianapolis Colts, right let's get into it we all know or if you don't know uh carson wentz he has opted for foot surgery, and he's gonna miss five to twelve weeks. Five to twelve weeks. So about a month, a month to three months. You know, that per a month to three months. That's that's the time frame, right? And I kind of feel for I feel for Carson Wentz, I feel for Indianapolis Colts fans, uh, I feel for the Indianapolis organization just in general. And not to mention that their superstar guard, Quentin Nelson. Apparently, he has suffered a similar foot injury, and he's out indefinitely. Eric Fisher is dealing with an injury himself. So the Colts roster on the offensive side of the football has just gone completely array. But I feel for the Indianapolis Colts. Let me tell you this. I feel for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have literally, and and I oh, I I usually bring this up when we're talking when we're talking about building these championship contender contenders within the NFL and looking at these rosters and when I dissect these rosters and these moves that these teams make, the Colts are have over the last few years, Chris Ballard, Jim say. The whole Colts organization, Frank Wright, they have done a good job with drafting. They have done a good job. They have done a good job with drafting players. Um, they have built up their offensive line. They like when healthy. They have a top three offensive line in football, undoubtedly. Uh, they have pass rushers. They've built up their defensive line. As I mentioned, they you know obviously Darius Leonard, All Pro linebacker, uh, DeForest Buckner is one of the most dominant forces in football as far as, you know, with him being at the D-tackle position. Um, Their secondary, once again, they have drafted well in their secondary. They hired the right guy at the coaching spot, Frank Wright. The Colts have literally done everything right. when In terms of trying to build a Super Bowl contender, the Colts have done everything everything right they have paid they have paid the players their players accordingly they haven't overpaid for anybody quite yet everything's right and the only thing that they can't get right or the, that they've been shopping for is the quarterback position the guy under center they haven't found that guy they have not found that guy uh and it's this it's this funny meme um and i, I it's this funny meme it's this uh it's this 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 white dude <laughs> it looks like they're at a grocery store and it seems like these two dudes they get in, you know, to a little bit of a confrontation or whatever. It's pre- it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. And and I'm I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know what video I'm referring to. And the guy says, "You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Trust me, pal. You're not that guy." <laughs> and I it's one of the more it's one of the more uh Hilarious videos that you can find out there, but the Colts have been trying to find that guy and they just haven't been able to seem to find that guy since Andrew Luck has retired because Andrew Luck. I mean, I was, and it's so funny. I was just having this conversation with a couple people about how Indianapolis about how Indianapolis now have formulated the perfect roster for Andrew Luck to be a part of but he retired early because of the injuries and the nicks and bruises and so forth rightfully so but it's just it would be so fitting if Andrew Luck were was to play with this team because this team is like i said they've done a great job with constructing this roster but they have they but they have just been fishing for a quarterback and when they made the move to go get Carson Wentz this offseason uh there were mixed reviews, but my personal opinion, I like the move because I looked at a guy in Carson Wentz where Frank Wright is obviously the coach of Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the, 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 the 2017 year where Carson Wentz, that was like his quote-unquote MVP year. If he didn't get hurt, he would have won MVP that year. Um, And they were hoping that he can get back to that form, but obviously over the last couple of years, I don't have to do the rundown. We all know what happened in Philadelphia. So he just needed a new location and what better location than Indianapolis where you have a team already set to win team with a coach that he's very familiar and comfortable with. Right. So now I'm looking at all of these injuries that the Colts have sustained uh, in training camp. And when I first saw the Carson Wentz injury, I'm like, "Mm, maybe they'd be okay. If they can just find a quarterback, you know, maybe they can go out and acquire Nick Foles, I don't know. They'd be fine because their division, you look at their division, their division is probably the weakest division in football. Like it's crappy. It's a crappy division. Uh you got a lot you got some rebuilding, you got some teams that's rebuilding. You, I mean, I don't know what the hell the Houston Texans are doing. We don't we like we don't we don't know what the hell they're doing. So, they're they're going to be bad. Uh Jacksonville obviously you know they got Trevor Lawrence and so forth urban Meyer first year down there we'll see what they do but you know still i'm not expecting the jacksonville jaguars to be major players within the afc right um and tennessee they have talent on offense their their talent their offense on, their talent on offense is immaculate you know you look at their you look at their talent on offense Julio and Derrick Henry AJ Brown like it's it, they're they great. They're great players. They have great, they have a, they're gonna have a really good offense. But defensively, Tennessee kind of scares me. So it's a lot of unknown in that division. So Indianapolis, even with the Carson Wentz injury, I still felt okay about them. I still felt okay about them. But now they're losing. They don't have Quentin Nelson, their best offensive line. Like he's literally the foundation. He's the foundational piece of that offensive line. Eric Fisher, who they acquired from Kansas City. Uh, he's hurt. So, and Ryan Kelly, he's, you know, he deals with injuries from time to time as well, too. So now I had to actually go and look at the Indianapolis Colts schedule. And boy, was I frightened. I was frightened when I was, I was frightened for the Indianapolis Colts when I saw this, this schedule, especially the first half. Here, look, I'm going to read out, I'm going to read out the schedule. Seattle Seahawks, LA Rams, uh, the Titans, Miami. At Baltimore, um, and then you know they, they play Houston. That's a gimme. But then you play at San Francisco, and then and then you play Tennessee again. That that like let me like that schedule is like that's a brutal schedule. That's a brutal way to start off your schedule, to start off your season. You're playing Seattle, who's a who's a playoff team. The Rams, who's a playoff team. The Titans could possibly be a playoff team. The Dolphins, possibly a playoff team. They won 10 games last year. The Ravens, a playoff team. The 49ers, a potential playoff team. You're playing, you're, that's a murderous role schedule. So I don't know, maybe you want to cancel Christmas, cancel all the birthdays, cancel all the holidays. I don't know. But that is a, that is a gauntlet start to the season. <laughs> literally, literally, the only give me game that, that 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 the Colts have in the first half of the season is the Houston Texans. Every other game is a playoff game. It's a, it, not a playoff game, but they're playing against a playoff team. So once again, I'm going to go back to my central, my main point. The NFL, and when you have a roster like the Colts, it goes to show you, you can literally do everything right. You can do everything right that there is to build a legit contender, but if you don't have if you don't have the quarterback position solidified, it's going to be a struggle. It it it, it just is. It's just it's going to be a struggle, and that's and that's 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 truly what Indianapolis has been missing over the last several years. Over the last couple of years, that's what they've been missing. I don't know. I, they just you know they obviously you know they had Phillip Rivers, but Phillip Rivers on the back end of his career um he was you know it's a reason why he retired last year you know so i, I indianapolis i i, I kind of feel for them i feel for the fan base because i and you guys know i had them winning the division this year um and people and and you got and, and by the way side note now now do you guys understand and see why i do two rounds of a prediction I told you guys I'm gonna do a prediction be um, you know before preseason and I'm gonna do a predict prediction after preseason because there's always injuries like this that may jumble up my predictions and that's why I said I'm gonna do a second round of predictions after the preseason so that that that's one of the reasons why. It's always freak injuries like this that happen to teams like the Indianapolis Colts. But in the grand scheme of things, um, Indianapolis, I don't know. I don't know if you still if, I hope they, you know, they got Philip Rivers still on speed dial. You know, maybe they can go get Nick Foles. I'ma play I'm gonna play a clip of Nick Foles um talking about this situation in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, or do you give Jacob Eason uh who who has a strong arm um he played at washington a couple years back but has a strong arm i'm not sure if he's necessarily ready to start uh especially looking at the teams that they have to play that is a rough start to a career right there right um the, you know they also drafted Sam Ellinger so the kid out of Texas so we we'll see you know how Indianapolis plays this but this may very well be one of these times where you might gotta tuck it in because I'm looking I'm looking at the gauntlet schedule that they have to play the first half of the season and it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But I, I always tell people this the NFL, it is so hard to build contenders and when you win, and when you have done everything right necessarily necessary, excuse me. And you don't have that quarterback position solidified. And I'm not even saying your quarterback got to be elite. He can be a tier two guy, as I explained on on the previous episode. He can be a tier two guy. But you got to have that solidified. And the Colts have been fishing, fishing, and been looking for that guy under center. Um, I'm going to play Nick Foles' clip. I'm going to play the Nick Foles' clip of him talking about this situation in Indianapolis currently. Here's Nick Foles when the um, media posed the question about uh, Carson Wentz and his injury and the current situation of Danny Napa's coach. Frank Reich is one of my favorite, if not favorite, coaches of all time. He understands me as a player. He understands me as a person. But, you know, right? I, I haven't had any talks with him. I don't know. I'm a Chicago Bear right now. He knows me. He understands. I mean, y'all watched the 2017 season in the playoffs where he changed the offense and built it around me and y'all saw what happened. So he understood my mentality as a player and he was able to build it around me and put me in a successful position and my teammates. Carson and I have a lot of history. I have a lot of respect for Carson. He's a tremendous player. He's going through adversity once again, but he'll bounce back and he might miss a few games, but I know he'll be back out there. But we haven't had any talks. So right now I'm a Chicago Bear and I'm going to keep swinging with these third stringers and we're going to dice him up. That sounds like a guy that is saying, Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, Jim Ursay. Please. Please, how that cap room looking over there? How is how's your salary cap looking? Please come save me. Please come save me. Because as you as as he mentioned, he is a uh he's working with the third string. Cause he is the third string quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And he is desperately telling the Indianapolis Colts, please come grab me. And, like, how ironic would that be? You know, Carson Wentz goes to a new location, new team, a, a really good team in Indianapolis. Frank Wright is his head coach, right? Perfect perfect foundation. And then he, he gets hurt again, and then the Colts bring in Nick Foles. <laughs> tough, tough. But if you're the Colts, if you're Frank Wright, if you're Chris Ballard, you got to do what's, what's right for the Colts. You can't worry about – you, I mean, you can't necessarily worry about Carson Wentz' feelings. You got to do what's right for the Indianapolis Colts. What's going to win you the most ball games until Carson Wentz can get healthy and play. But let's shift gears to the Los Angeles Lakers. We're about eighteen minutes into the podcast, into the episode. So uh, this is the Isaiah Kitt podcast Podcast. Um, so let's talk about the Lakers. Obviously, NBA free agency has started. I am going to talk about some other moves that other teams made, but this Lakers, you know, these Laker acquisitions, you know, it's the Lakers. So I gotta, you know, I'm gonna talk about it. Of course, I'm gonna talk about it, but the Lakers, the previous episode I talked about Russell Westbrook going to LA and what it meant and so forth. You guys already got the gist of that, right? If you want to hear my take on that, you can go back to the previous episode and listen to it. Um, but The Lakers now, they have put together their roster since acquiring Russell Westbrook. uh, They went out and got Trevor Ariza. Uh, They went out and got Dwight Howard or, you know, re-signed. Or I I shouldn't say re-signed, but Dwight Howard comes back to L.A. for the third time. (laughs) Um, Wayne Ellington they got. Uh, they got Kent Bazemore. Uh, they got Kendrick Nunn. They got Malik Monk, and they resigned Tht along with Mark Gasol. So that's the Lakers squad for now, right? They may add one more piece, or you know, a couple more pieces, or so forth. But that's the Lakers squad. Uh, uh, they lost, obviously, they lost KCP, Montrezl, Kyle Kuzma, but they didn't lost Alex Caruso. Um, Andre Drummond, he went and signed with Philadelphia. So him and ba- basically him and Dwight have swapped places, right? So <clears throat> the Lakers, I told you guys, they're gonna be they're gonna be a good basketball team. I'm like they're they're gonna be with they're gonna be the they're gonna be in the thick of the conversation as far as Western Conference contenders. I mean, they just star. That's that's let's like, like let's not let's not play these games. They're going to be in the thick of the conversation about Western Conference contenders and getting out of the West. Do I think they're going to win a championship with this roster Um, or with, you know, with the with the acquisition of Wesley Westbrook and so forth? No, I don't. As constructed right now, I just don't see it. But the Lakers, I'm seeing other teams get better. The Lakers, on the other hand, are getting older, (laughs) like they're getting older. And the Carmelo Anthony move, the latest acquisition, the 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 latest signing of the Lakers, they got Carmelo Anthony. Let's be honest, this has this has LeBron James names written all written all over it, right? And I don't know what LeBron is trying to do. I don't know if he's trying to bridge the gap between the young and the old. I, I don't know. I I I just don't know if this. So, like, let me read you guys this off. So they got, obviously, they got LeBron, who's 36. Uh, They got Carmelo, who's 37. Uh, They got Dwight Howard, who's 35. They got Russell Westbrook, who's going to be 33 in November. Uh, (laughs) If this team was assembled in 2014, in 2014, this team would be insane. Sadly, it is 2021. And these, these pieces, these parts are older. And I get it. I get it. This is what LeBron wants. You know, LeBron doesn't want to play with younger guys um, that he has to, you know, teach and prep and, you know, show them the way of the game and so forth. Uh, Okay. But when I'm looking at this Laker roster, and I know, and everybody's going crazy because they, oh, they added Westbrook, and oh, they added Carmelo, and oh, they did this. I always like when I see these type of moves being made, especially over the last couple of days when, you know, when Lakers first got Rustbrook, um, when the Lakers got, you know, when they signed Carmelo Anthony, I, I just I just started laughing at all of the comments that I saw on Twitter and Instagram, like Lakers in four and Lakers in five. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's be honest. Come on. This, this, and 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 let me find, let me let me read this out to you guys. Dwight Howard has been on seven teams. Wayne Ellington has been on nine teams. Kent Bazemore has been on five teams. Trevor Ariza has been on ten teams. West Russell Westbrook, this is his fourth team in four years. (laughs) So, like, I don't know what this is. What has what have what have the Lakers turned into? And and this is what I've noticed about LeBron when he makes these type of transitions as far as team to team to team, you know, when he went to Miami, even when he went back to Cleveland, and now here with the Lakers, LeBron typically, because when he makes these moves, he obviously wants to win. He 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 always has championship aspirations. That's the goal. Championship aspirations, right? And to in order to accomplish that goal, he looks to get players that suit his play style the best, right? Nothing wrong with that. But with that comes with the downside of having LeBron, and that is usually the players that he aims for, that he's looking for, that better suits his skill set, his skill sets, um, or his skill set, I should say, is are, are, they're veteran players. They're usually older veteran players around the league. And the young guys, mm, typically LeBron doesn't like. LeBron usually doesn't keep the young guys. And with that, when, when when LeBron, when he leaves or when he decides to leave your franchise, he often leaves you crippled. And that's what the Lakers are potentially looking at. Like, think about it in Cleveland when LeBron left Cleveland and I'm talking about the second time the second time LeBron left Cleveland for Los Angeles right J.R Smith was on a bad deal Tristan Thompson was on a bad deal you know all of his guys got paid rightfully so cool but they were on bad deals the Cleveland Cavaliers right now Kevin love they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to wiggle their way out of that deal. Because Kevin Love wants out, and I'm sure the Cavs probably won out. <laughs> they were so so and there were and then and then you look at the influx of talent or the young talent that the Cavs lacked thereof that they didn't have, all of those pieces were moved to bring in the guys that better suited LeBron for his term or for his run that he was that he was playing in Cleveland. Look at Miami. Miami. He got an influx of veterans that would help him immediate, immediately, and that better suited his play style. rightfully so. But when you leave the young talent, there isn't no young talent. There is no young talent. And with the Lakers, they are. They, it looks like in in this going in this direction. However long LeBron's played, let's just say LeBron plays for the next three four years, and let's say he retires the next three four years, the Lakers won't have any. They they won't have any draft picks. Um. Their assets will be depreciating and the young talent, the very little young talent that they have, what is THT? I, I know Malik Monk is young too, but he isn't homegrown. Like, so when, he, when you're looking at the, the Lakers young pieces that they had, LeBron got rid of those in order to get better quicker. So it's 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 like a balancing, it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act and it's a damn you do, damn you don't cuz it's like yeah, of course you want the services of LeBron James and he's so great and he'll make your team an instant title contender but in that same process you're losing out on young talent, the young the young the young core that you could be developing and have for the future, you don't have because you're getting rid of it because LeBron's adding his guys. And that's what that's that's just what I've noticed throughout these, you know, when LeBron goes from destination to destination, and and I I mean, it's no knock. It's I'm not saying oh LeBron is bad. I'm not. I'm not. It's no. It's no knock on him necessarily, but it's just it speaks to the influence of LeBron a bit, and it's just pointing out observations. It's just pointing out the facts. It's pointing out just the downside of. You know, acquiring LeBron and having LeBron, because with that, be ready. If you're a team, be ready. And LeBron is he—he he probably won't go to another team. He probably he's—he's going to retire as a Laker. But LeBron, be—I mean, or if you're a team, be ready. If you want LeBron, you're going to have to lose some of your young assets. Simple as that. Simple as that. But when I look at this team, I, I, I just—I I mean, so many. <laughs> So many aging parts. It's like an older car. It's like an older car. It's just like an old car with just mixed in with some bad pieces. I mean, or some older pieces, I should say. Not necessarily bad pieces, but older pieces. And to my point that I made on the previous episode, when I talking when I was talking about how the Lakers are going to fill out the rest of their roster around Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. I I pointed out the fact that, with with the Lakers trying to acquire more shooters, you're going to have to sacrifice, you know, what you're losing on the defensive side of the basketball. Because as I mentioned, you know, they have went out and added some shooters. But for instance, take a guy like Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, yeah, he's turned into a, you know, he's he's positioned himself into this role as a Stretch four, basically. A stretch four. But defensively, he's not going to give you nothing on defense. Like, he, he's just not. Carmelo's not going to give you nothing on defense. Even Russell Westbrook. West, Russell Westbrook, at the age of 33, he's always had the intangibles and, uh, like, the athleticism to be a really good defender in this league, but it just hasn't materialized that way. And I don't think going into year 13, that's going to change. I don't. I just don't think that's going to change. So you take pieces like that, for example, and you're like, uh, defensively they're going to be a uh, Wayne Ellington, a really good, a knockdown shooter, but defensively you lack. So it's the it's the sacrifice of okay, you need shooting, but then defensively that's where the Lakers hung their hat on, you know, when they won the championship on the on the defensive side of the basketball. So it's really interesting to see how this thing would pan out. But I do want to get into some other teams um, or some other moves around the league that has had, that has transpired within free agency so far. All right, so a lot of moves, like I as I mentioned, um, a lot of moves in the NBA free agency has been made. I'm gonna go over the big ones, like Kyle Lowry to the Miami Heat uh, in a three year deal. He has, he signed a three year deal in a sign and a signing trade worth ninety million dollars. Um, I feel like Miami. Miami they their team is a bit older as well. Uh I feel like their pieces fit more if that makes sense. I feel like their pieces fit a little bit better than the Lakers. Um I think like I said, don't the Lakers are going to be a good team. They they very well may still win the Western Conference. I just don't think they're going to the championship. But I'm looking at Miami, they added PJ they stole PJ Tucker from Milwaukee. They got Kyle Lowry. They also got the resign they got to the resign, uh, Duncan Robinson. So I- I'm not mad at that move. I'm not mad at that move at all. I also think I'm looking at the Alonzo Ball to Chicago, along with Demar Derozan to Chicago. Now I talked about I t- so I talked about Chicago a little bit, um, on this podcast, just a little bit. Past when the trade deadline is passed off when th- this past season when the trade deadline passed, I talked about the Bulls. Because the Bulls had made a move to get Vucevic, uh, Vucevic, yeah, Nikola Vucevic out of, uh, out of Orlando. And Vucevic is a guy, he's a, he's, a, he's he can average 20 and 10, he can get that in his sleep. He, he's, he's been doing it over the last several years. He's a really good big man. And when I talked about Chicago a little bit after that trade, I basically said, Hey, Zach Levine, after net, after, This year, Zach Levine has one more year left on his deal. And, you know, if you're Chicago, you got to start trying to make moves and surround him with a better team. Um, Chicago has missed the playoffs over the last several years, or last couple years, few years now. Um, They have missed the playoffs. They've been trying to rebuild and retool their roster. Uh, Zach Levine coming off a, 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 a breakout year. Think he averaged twenty-seven points per game on really good shooting splits. Um, so, and I, I have a, I have I have something interesting about Zach Levine that I want to talk about. But the Bulls, you added Lonzo Ball, who who's an improved three-point shooter, uh, an improved three-point shooter, um, who also who's also bringing his playmaking ability. Really good playmaker. We all know that he's always been a really good playmaker, but he's also one of the best defensive point guards in basketball. So you're bringing that in on top of DeMar DeRozan. They signed him to a three-year, eighty-five million, or a three-year eighty Was it DeMar DeRozan got a three-year, eighty-five million dollar deal? Uh, a bit pricey, but you got DeMar DeRozan, so you got a nice squad formulating in Chicago, and like I said about Atlanta this past offseason, I picked Atlanta to get, make the playoffs. That wasn't too hard. That wasn't too hard of a prediction. Um but I'm looking at Chicago. They're definitely a team that I can that I see making the playoffs. I think you know, Chicago if they can stay healthy, I think Chicago is definitely one of those teams that can stay healthy. Some might even say that they could get, you know, they can get home court in the first round. I, you know, they, you know, Chicago has really made a big step. But I'm looking at Zach Levine and his progression, and I'm not saying he's as good as this guy, um, or this player, I should say. I'm not saying he's as good, but the same narrative or a similar narrative has been attached. And I'm thinking with the Chicago Bulls this year. With Zach, or well, this past year, Zach Levine coming off a year where he averaged 27, like I said, he averaged 27 points per game on really good shooting splits, and it has me thinking back a little bit to Devin Booker, because remember the narrative about Devin Booker before this past year? The narr- uh, uh you know, a long-running narrative about Devin Booker was he's a really good offensive player, and he can, and he can score the basketball, but it's a lot of empty it's a lot of empty stats and he doesn't contribute to winning like his his contributions to winning they're small but his numbers are really good but they're empty stats that was the narrative on Devin Booker and I'm not saying Zach Levine is as good as Devin Booker but what's the like if, if you think that if you think Devin Booker is better than Zach Levine which most of you guys probably do how wide is the gap? Because I would bet you that the the gap isn't that wide. And with Zach, it's this is this similar narrative floating around? Like, okay, he averaged twenty seven points per game, but his team was horrible, and you know, some empty stats in there. I think the same th- this same narrative that's being applied a little bit to Zach Levine. I think you know with. Some upgrades at certain positions. Chicago desperately, the Bulls desperately needed a point guard. They got that in Alonzo Ball, a guy who can average 15 points per game. Um, You know, he gets you seven, eight assists along with six to seven rebounds. And he's giving you really good perimeter defense along with along with Vucevic, who's a threat down low, a double-double threat down low, with DeMar DeRozan long side. I, I, I mean – Who's to say that, you know, Chicago couldn't make some noise in the playoffs? We don't we don't know. We don't we don't know. But, you know, I think it's really interesting to see how this thing is forming out in Chicago. Um, Also, Chris Paul, he is staying with the Phoenix Suns. They agreed on a four year deal uh, worth one hundred twenty million dollars. I am not if it I me personally, I do not. I wouldn't have gave Chris Paul a four year deal worth up to one hundred twenty million dollars. I wouldn't have did that. That's just me personally. I think with you know with Phoenix, they're probably their front office probably looking at the finals run and what Chris Paul did. Yeah, but sometimes first you have to contextualize the Phoenix Suns finals run. Uh, Let's contextualize it, right? Let's let's contextualize it. They got fortunate. And they, and I, I'm not, I'm not, this is not to take away from what they did. It's just relaying the facts. They got fortunate enough where they ran into a Lakers squad that was not healthy. They ran into a Denver another squad that didn't have their starting point guard. And then they ran into a Clippers squad who didn't have their best player. So, I, I, I I, like I said, I'm not, I, and I told you guys, I don't think there's no asterisk. I don't want to take anything away from their run. It was a great run. They were a great team this year, but no, you gotta contextualize this finals run, and the fact that you're paying. And Chris Paul, his numbers, like in the regular season, they weren't eye popping numbers. He got the All Star nod because of the Chris, the quote unquote Chris Paul effect. And how valuable he is and what he brought to the Phoenix Suns. But he didn't he wasn't he like his numbers didn't scream all star. You know, his play on a on a night to night basis this past regular season didn't scream all-star. But it was all of the other stuff that you really can't measure. And then you pile that on with Phoenix winning. And then you talk about Chris Paul's impact and how valuable he is. The like I said, the quote unquote Chris Paul effect. Then that's how he got the all star nod. But you're looking at his numbers and you're looking at his play, you're looking at his play from night in, night out. Huh? wasn't an all star. He just, he just, he just didn't, at, at, at certain nights, he just didn't perform that way. And that's okay at the age of 36 and 37. But that's the problem with that contract with Phoenix. He's, he's going to be 37, 38, 39, 40 gonna be four he's gonna be 40 years old and he's gonna make he's gonna be making damn near almost 40 30 million dollars he's gonna make 30 million dollars in a year when he's 40. ah uh, that's that's a I mean if I'm Phoenix it, I know it might be a tough pill to swallow but I wouldn't have signed Chris Paul to a four-year deal worth a hundred plus million dollars I just I just wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have done that I just wouldn't have I mean I think, you know, with front office now – and and now I kind of feel like they're trapped because eventually you're going to have to probably play Aiden. You're already paying Devin Booker. They did retain Cameron Payne, so maybe Cameron Payne will have a bigger role um, to to lessen the workload off of Chris Paul, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play it, but I thought Phoenix should have added more. And they did went out and sign JaVale McGee, a backup center, which they desperately, desperately needed. Um, in the finals, but I, I I still think they need another shot creator. I feel like they need another shot creator on the wing. Um, yeah, when because when Chris didn't have it going, I you know Devin was the only guy. And when you look at my, and, and as good as Makai Bridges came along, um, and as as nice as a veteran Jay Crowder may be. You still need a guy on that perimeter who can put the ball on the deck and create his own shot. And that's the element that Phoenix missed when, you know, like I said, when Chris Paul is not having a, a good night, but and, and Devin is the only guy who is that other guy on the perimeter for Phoenix that can put the ball on the deck and create their own shot or create their own or create not only create their own shot, but create shots forever other than Devin Booker when Chris Paul is now on the floor or when Chris Paul is not having a good night. Yeah, you got campaign, but who else? Like, it's just not a lot. It's just I thought they could have used another wing who could put the ball and create his own shot. I thought that. But um, the Mavericks, they were able to retain uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Andre Drummond, as I mentioned, he went to the 76ers, uh, Patty Mills. Patty Mills signed a two-year deal with the Nets. Malik Monk, he went to the Lakers on a one-year deal. Steph Curry, he signed a four-year extension worth $215 million. That is roughly, if my math serves me correctly, that's roughly 50, $53 million per year? Yeah. I think that's like fifty. That's $53 million per year. Um that uh that Steph Curry is getting with that extension um George Hill he signed with the Bucks uh Marquise Morris he signed with the Heat you know I I I think I already gave you guys this. heads up Rudy Gay also signed with um with the Jazz as well but I think I told you guys this uh this free agency class wasn't the greatest Trey Young also signed a, a Max deal as well um and John Collins he got a five year deal um, worth 125 million dollars as well. but I told you guys this this like free agency class as far as like the quality of players that would be available, you know it, it wasn't the strongest next, when you now when you take a look at next year's free agency class, next year's free agency, free agency class is really solid. It's really good. so uh you'll see more bigger names, I would say. In next year's class, also John Jared Allen, he got a five-year deal worth a hundred million dollars from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Will Barton, he resigned with the Denver Nuggets for a two-year deal worth thirty-two million dollars. Nicholas Petoum signed a two-year deal with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Bruce Brown, he got a one-year deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Reggie Bullock, he signed a three-year deal with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh yeah, Jimmy Butler uh he got a four year extension worth 184 million Alice Caruso he got a four year worth he got a four year deal worth 37 million dollars uh, um Mike Conley he resigned with the um, Utah Jazz for a three year 72 and a half million dollar deal um so yeah i'm just going through you know some notable some notable signings throughout the offseason uh, Evan Fournier, four-year deal with the New York Knicks. Um, that could be worth up to seventy-eight million dollars. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he got a max extension, five-year, five-year deal, one hundred and seventy-two million dollars. Devontae Graham, he left the Horn- he left the Hornets to go play with the Pelicans on a four-year deal, forty-seven million-dollar deal. Um, Blake Griffin, he re-signed a one-year deal with to play with the Brooklyn Nets to retain and stay with the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, not a lot of, not, a, not, you know, not the typical big names, not the typical big names, but, uh, you know, Doug McDermott, he got a three-year deal worth $42 million from the San Antonio Spurs. So like I told you guys, uh, yeah, those are the free agency moves. Let me tell you I I really like what Chicago did. Chicago, now, like I said, I I'm not saying they're gonna get to the conference finals. I think at most they probably at at best best case scenario Chicago loses in the second round. Best case scenario, I think I feel like I don't know maybe maybe it's too early to say that, but I've you know with this roster, it's it looks really really good. Um, but they I think they'd definitely be they'd definitely be a playoff team. Uh, I like the Larry to Miami move. It's not a lot of moves like it's, it's not a lot of marquee moves like I said but some mo- it's some small some small de- some small deals being made that's you know teams are trying to fill out their team like the Lakers like I said I'm not obviously a huge fan of the Lakers acquisitions that they have made but you know they're trying to fill out the roster same with the Brooklyn Nets they're trying to fill out their roster um so we'll see what happens we, we, you know I think Kawhi Kawhi probably stays with the Clippers I don't see him going anywhere uh, he probably yeah he probably re, re up on the Clippers, um, but yeah so that is uh, that is the free agency some of the some of the major signings uh, or notable signings has to say notable signings within free agency so far um, within the NBA spectrum. Yeah, so that's NBA free agency. NBA free agency is always a frenzy, always a frenzy. Uh, but the Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers, uh, you know they're they're signing a lot of older guys. Uh, a lot of mileage on those tires. Uh, it's a lot of mileage on those tires that the Lakers are signing. We don't know who's next. D. Wade. You know, it may be D. Wade or Shane Battier. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. We don't know. But uh I want to get back to Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. And there's two things. First, <clears throat> one one could make the argument that the Indianapolis Colts the bigger injury here could be Quentin Nelson, who is basically the centerpiece of their foundation, which is their offensive line. Everything with the Indianapolis Colts start with their offensive line, at least offensively. Um, You know, their dominance up front leads to them being able to run the ball effectively and protecting their quarterback. So the, so the I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if anybody said Quentin Nelson uh and this offensive line that's what really did it for the Indianapolis Colts. I wouldn't be mad at that. But I want to good I want to get back to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is a guy who is 29. 29 years of age. Um and you look at the situation right now. I talked about the situation of the Indianapolis Colts. They're in a win-now mode. The Colts want to win now, but since Andrew Luck has retired and back in 2018, they have been just looking in search of a quarterback, um a quarterback that will take them to the next level. Now, they've had guys come through like last year, Phillip Rivers. He 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 was decent for what he was doing, but you could tell Philip Rivers had limitations, which means the Colts offensively couldn't be as explosive as they could have been, right? Because Philip Rivers and his, you know, his arm and his depreciate, you know, his skills as his skills were depreciating, it just put a it just put a really defined cap and ceiling on the Colts' offense. With Carson Wentz, there was that for me, in my opinion, along with others, there was some optimism that Carson Wentz could possibly get back to the le- somewhat to the level. And 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 that's and that's the thing with this Colts team, you don't have to be, Carson Wentz don't have to be Superman for this Colts team to win, because that's a lot. That was that was that was his biggest problem, as far as on the field in Philadelphia. He was trying to make the big play too much. He was trying to make the big play too much in Philadelphia, um, and that often got him in a lot of trouble. Whether that was a turnover. Or him getting hit, and you know, that's just another pounding to his body. So, I'm still in favor of the Colts making this type of move with going after and getting Carson Wentz. I'm st- I I still think it's a really good move. I, I, I I'm still on the positive side of this move. Now, it doesn't look pretty right now but i'm looking at the base salary that they have to that the Colts are going to have to pay Carson Wentz. Uh they pay him $15 million this year. Um $22 million in 2022, $20 million in 2023, and then $21 million in 2024. His cap hit over the next couple of years is around $25 million. That's his cap hit. And like I said, let's just best case scenario, Carson Wentz comes back healthy either this season or the following season, and uh the Colts have some type of some type of stability at the quarterback position. That's really what they want. They want a guy who is competent enough that will win them games and put them in the right position where they need to be accordingly. And uh, stability at the quarterback position. I'm looking at other quarterbacks around the league and what they're making. What they're making, you know, you're looking, I'm looking at Carson Wentz' base salary, 22, $22 million a year. You can't beat that. If Carson Wentz can resurrect his career and turn around his career with Frank Wright, and if he was to do it, what better place to do it in Indianapolis with the foundation that they have? I I I I'm still with this move cuz you you like if you're the coach you had to be aggressive in trying to get you a quarterback. You had to be aggressive. There was no ever there was like at the time the options were very limited and you had to be you had to be aggressive and strike when the opportunity was, you know, available. But I'm looking at a guy like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield possibly if he has another season if he can resemble the season that he had last year, this year Baker Mayfield could possibly he could possibly be making thirty five million dollars per year for this next deal that he's getting. But this deal, if, if Baker can maintain his play from last year, he's gonna make about thirty five million dollars a year because the Browns would then be you know they have to they would they would be forced to pay him. But I'm looking at a guy like Carson Wentz and Baker. I mean, at their best, who's really better? You know, I I just think for the for the price that you're getting Carson Wentz, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. I feel like it's a win-win for the for the Colts. If he doesn't work out, okay, the the you know the cap hit is 25 million. It's it, it's it's a severe cap hit, but he's only making twenty twenty twenty-one million. So I feel like it's a risk that Indianapolis. For their particular circumstance, had to make. It's a risk that they had to t- had had to make and had to take. Now, as far as this season, realistically, I think Carson Wentz is gonna. Realistically, he's gonna miss a month. He's gonna miss a month, a month and a half. I think he could possibly miss two months. Um, I I just don't know. Maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a lost season. Maybe this is a season where Indianapolis, they have to win a lot. Of, they, they're going to have to win some some tough, like, ugly ball games. I'm talking 17 to 20. They're going to have to win some ugly, ugly ball games because right now they, they are not in the best shape as far as their health. <laughs> they're, they, are not, they are not in the best shape, and their schedule is brutal. Brutal. Their schedule is brutal. So um, we'll see how that's fair, but best in belief, my predictions uh, about the Indianapolis Colts have changed because of these type of circumstances. Um, lastly, I want to get to the Olympics a little bit. Uh, I know Team USA, they beat, Sp- they beat Spain. They beat the Spaniards. Uh, Team USA, men's basketball, they're starting to find that groove a little bit they start, they started off they did start off a, little, a bit shaky versus France but they're starting to find their groove and i'm just going to throw this out here there's a possibility that they could potentially face slovenia who is led by luka dantic in the in the in the, in the gold medal game in the gold medal game they could potentially face slovenia led by luka dantic I think that would be that that's the matchup, honestly, if you guys want me to be honest. And I usually don't do this or say this, but this this that, that's the matchup that I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Team USA versus Slovenia in the gold medal game. Who gonna take home the gold? Team USA or Slovenia? And the fact and 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 I don't think this is getting talked about nearly as much as it should. But the fact that Luka Doncic has Slovenia pay, playing for a medal, I don't like it can be a bronze, silver goat. The fact that he has Slovenia playing for a medal in basketball. Luka Doncic, I don't think this internet his international play and performance that we are witnessing, I don't think it's getting talked about nearly enough. When I went, so when when Slovenia when he when he had Slovenia qualifying for the Olympics, that was already that was an accomplishment in itself. But now he has them potentially playing for gold. That right there is a whole other level. And I think Luca, I'm gonna give you guys this. I think either midway through the season of next year or going into the playoffs next year. I think Luka will be regarded as a top 3 player in basketball. I think Luka is going to by by the end, by the end going into the next going into the playoffs next year. I think Luka Dantich is going to be regarded as a top 3 player in basketball. And could and he w- and I think he could have an argument for being the best player in basketball by next but by, by the playoffs around 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 about around the playoff time. Around play- around the playoffs, when the playoffs are about to start, I think he's gonna be a top three player, if not the best player in basketball. He's get this. He's seventeen and oh in international play. With Slovenia, with Slovenia, seventeen and 0. 17 and zero, and I don't, I, and I don't mean to throw any diss. I don't like. I'm not trying to diss. You know, this the the Slovenian basketball team, but Slovenia has never qualified for the Olympics. Now they now they're qualifying, and now they're playing, and now they have the potential to play for gold. That says a lot about Luka Doncic. But without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm gonna end it right here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna end it right here. I'm gonna end it right here. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this. Um always remember two choices, one decision. Uh I am out. Peace gone. See you guys on Saturday. Enjoy.